Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. It's an exciting time, and it is great to be in the house of the Lord on the first Sunday of 2021. Amen. I mean, it's thrilling just to get to be here and think, hey, as Phil said, we survived. Y'all look good. Uh, you guys look especially good. It looks like you all shaved and combed your hair and stuff. Proud of you. You started the year off right. Ladies look fantastic as always. Um, but as we gather, we got to remember what we're doing, right? Here we are as a church. Our vision is to make Jesus known. It's so simple. All we really want to do is make Jesus known to those around us. We want people to have a sense of who he is and let him do what he does in people's lives. But we as a church, we want to make him known. At this beginning of this year, we're going to be doing a series of messages called Be the House. So how do we make Jesus known? We need to represent him well. All throughout the Old Testament, we see God relating to his people through a house, right? We see the tabernacle. And then we see the temple, and he says, I'm going to dwell with my people. I'm going to be, that's where you're going to connect with me. That's where there's going to be a sacrifice made for sin. And and the house is where, my house is where people will encounter me. And then Jesus says, I, my body's the temple. I'm going to lay it down, and three days later it will rise up again. And then later it says, you are my temple, and the church is the temple of God. That's where people connect with God. They connect through you. So we want to be the house so we can make him known. But in order to do that, we're going to have to get our house in order. We're going to have to make sure our house is a place that is suitable for people to meet Jesus. And that's what this is all about. Today we're going to talk about prayer. And next week we're going to begin a series on Ezra and Nehemiah, which is this great two books from the Old Testament that talk about building and rebuilding God's house and rebuilding God's city. So that's what's going to be on the agenda for the coming weeks. And I just encourage you as you start 2021, use this energy for something, this energy of a new year, right? I mean, you turn the calendar. I mean, everyone is excited, right? I mean, it's got to be better than last year, amen? It's it, I guess technically it really doesn't have to be better, but it, it, it all, it's got to be, right? And there's a sense of, of a lift, and you feel better. This past week, uh, we were able to be in New York, as many of you know, to uh, see our brand new grandson. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing when you hold that baby. And you realize that this grandchild is the best baby since Jesus until our second grandchild is born in a few weeks. So then, but it is amazing. We went to New York City, and, and we stayed in an Airbnb. And if you've done that, raise your hand. Let's see if you've ever done that. It's a mixed bag, right? Because it might be great or not. We stayed in an Airbnb in Brooklyn, and we did it because it was very close to where our son lives, and we wanted to be able to get over there and see him and all that, and we checked in the very first day, and we went upstairs, and we, the lady showed us around, and I'm thinking, this is doable, but you really just care about seeing your grandchild and your kids. You don't really notice, but as the days went by, it began to wear on me. 
It's junky. It's noisy. In New York, I don't know if you know this, but up there they have these things called radiators and pipes that bang in the middle of the night and just wake you up for no reason. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, the radiator would start hissing like a train coming at you. And the beds weren't very good. And it needed to be painted. And for a day, it's okay. For two days, maybe for three days. But on day four, I just started to feel like, when can we leave? I love my grandchild, but this, this, this Airbnb, this apartment is just making me miserable. And I hid it well. No one knew, right? Truly, no one, right. Um, and then, though, on like day four or five, John and I are visiting in the kitchen and we're having an important talk about solving all the problems of the world, like, is Miami going to beat Buffalo today? And a mouse ran across the floor. One of God's creatures. Should have been eliminated years ago. And I know it could happen in the cleanest of houses, but this was not the cleanest of houses. And I said to myself, I think mice are of the devil. And I stayed awake all night that night thinking, I'm getting out of here tomorrow. We got two more nights, but I am not. I don't care what it costs. I will sleep in a tent on the corner. I'm not staying in this place. And the next day, our son arranged for us to have an apartment, which was glorious, on the East River overlooking Manhattan, and they have this building called the Empire State Building. Don't know if you've heard of it, but you can see it from there and the colors that lit up at night. And it was clean, and it was quiet, and it was appropriately painted and decorated, and everything was okay. That's how I feel about 2021 versus 2020. 2020 was awful. Everything was bad. It started out okay, but it went downhill from there. And by the time we got to December, we're just thinking, can we just start a new year? But it's not enough just to start a new year, is it? It's not enough just for the calendar to turn a page for the midnight to come and for the new year to begin. We learned some things in 2020 about ourselves, didn't we? Found out some stuff. Went through some things. Struggled. Felt the oppression, really, of the difficulties of 2020. And you may be wondering, why did God let us go through that? Why did he do this? Why in the world do we have to endure that? I would just say this, you know, God loves us far too much to let us live comfortably distant from Him. We say that a lot around here, but when we go through struggles, we have to understand and remember that God loves us far too much to let us be comfortably distant from Him. The struggles are designed to turn us to Him, to draw us to Him, to cause us to look to Him and say, Jesus, I'm depending on You. I need to know You better. So I don't want 2021 to just make us think that life's automatically going to get better without Jesus. As we face a new year, it's a new year of opportunities, and, and there's excitement and there's encouragement that maybe it's going to be better. But there should also be a sense of, I need to be ready. I need to be ready for this new year, for what God's going to do. My faith needs to grow. Because there's going to be challenges, there's going to be difficulties, there's going to be things that are going to come about that we're like, I don't know how that happened. 
Even if you find yourself this morning on somewhat of a spiritual mountaintop, there's some challenges to come. Today we're going to look at Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, and we're going to see what happens sometimes after a mountaintop and how we need to be ready and how our faith needs to grow and how critical that is and how to do that. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, I'll read it and then we'll talk about it. The Bible says this, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute and Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams, and he grinds his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I ask your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it is often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Let's pray. Lord, as we look at this text, we're reminded of our own weakness. And of the challenges that we often have in dealing with evil. God, I pray that as we examine this this text, Lord, that you would encourage our hearts. And you would show us how to strengthen our faith. So that you can be glorified as we conquer evil through you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, they were on the mountaintop. Right before this passage, they had seen Jesus glorified. The veil had been pulled back from heaven just enough, and Jesus had been seen. He had begun to glow and radiate. They saw him in this glorified state, and they saw Moses and Elijah. And this is an incredible thing. They're they're seeing Jesus as as he would appear in heaven. And you you had to know that that, uh, Peter, James, and John are like, this is incredible. He really is God. I'm so excited. I'm thrilled. We've been, we've been hearing about and seeing him do amazing things. And this is why he is, he's, he's divine. He's incredible. And then they come down the mountain. 
You know, spiritual mountaintops can often be followed by valleys of reality. You ever had that experience? Man, things were good, and maybe you had a great time with the Lord, or a great time of worship, or a great encouragement from a good friend or a mentor, and man, you're just, you're just riding high, and then suddenly the world happens. 2020 happens. Some evil gets in the way, trips you up. And so as Peter, James, and John are coming down the mountain with Jesus and they, they see the other disciples and they're like, hey, we can conquer anything. Oh, wait a minute. Evil has just got our brothers in a bind right now. We always need to be ready. The valleys of reality can really jump up and get us. Just because there's a spiritual mountaintop doesn't mean there's not going to be a valley of reality tomorrow that we're going to be ready for to represent Jesus well in the next challenge. <laughs> Jesus asked him, why are you arguing? Um, why are you arguing? It looks like that there's a, a credibility problem because the disciples were unable to cast this demon out, this evil spirit out of this child. The scribes, who were the, some of the religious leaders of the day, some of the people of the area start arguing with them, and so they've lost their credibility because they were not able to deal with evil. And that's what happens to God's people when evil defeats us, when it trips us up, when somebody with an anger problem gets mad, when someone with an addiction problem falls, when some great preacher has an adulterous affair, when someone who's supposed to be a follower of Jesus turns out not to be honest. Everyone around us starts to say, you're not credible. They're saying to the disciples, you weren't able to deal with this evil. I thought this Jesus was the Son of God. I thought He was the Christ. How can this evil be defeating you? Let me ask you, did you have one of those moments in 2020? And you're like, I just didn't do that right. I just didn't handle that right. Maybe you had to make a major apology. Maybe you had to tell someone, I, I was wrong the way I did that. That happened to you. I, I want to encourage you. That's, that's the Holy Spirit in your life saying and convicting you. But at the same time, it's a sign that says, I need to increase my faith. I, I need to be more effective in, in allowing God to work through me and not letting my humanness overcome me. You know, Jesus grieves at our lack of belief. See, he came that we might have faith, that we might believe, right? Jesus says, oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus is like, I thought you guys were getting it. I thought your faith was growing. And now you come up against this evil and you're not able to handle it. He grieves over that. He longs to do more in your life than you've ever seen him do. He's ready to work through you in ways that you've never experienced before, to do things that are incredible. And he grieves saying, oh, you missed it again. I had this great thing you were going to get to do. I, I had this great experience you're going to be ready to have. I, I had someone whose life was going to change because of you, and I, I had to use somebody else. He grieves over that. Because like the Father, we often come to Jesus like this. Jesus, look, I'm showing up 
at this 30-second prayer that I got time for, right between coffee and toast. And I'm going to pray, but my prayer is really something like this. Jesus, I'm bringing you this. You know, if you can do anything with it, great, but I really don't expect anything. You ever pray like that? Jesus, I think, I mean, have you ever taken your car to a mechanic like that? Hey, it's making a sound. I don't know if you can do anything with it. If not, we'll just drive it like it is until it falls apart and leaves us out on Alligator Alley in the middle of the night. We don't, we don't function like that, do we? Do you have more faith in your mechanic than you do in Jesus? If you can do anything. And I give him credit for showing up, right? I give him credit for doing what he had to do to get to Jesus, which was probably no easy task. He shows up. Jesus, if you can do anything, and I love the response of Jesus. He says, if you can. If you can? What are you, what are you talking about? If you can? Don't you know who I am? And I'm thinking if I'm Peter, James, and John, it's, hey, we just saw who he is. If you can. If you can. Jesus says, all things are possible for one who believes. All things are possible for one who believes. You see, God's activity in your life is limited only by your belief. It's limited only by your belief. You see, your faith, your belief, which is really the same word in Greek, your faith, your belief is your connection to what God can do. And if your connection is crummy, it's like having really crummy Wi-Fi like we had in that crummy apartment. We couldn't get the dolphin game half the time. We think they won. We heard. See, our faith is what limits us from receiving what God wants to do in us. I know some of you are thinking, you're like, hey, so if I really have enough faith and I can get God to do whatever I want Him to do, that He's going to... Give me millions of dollars and make me famous and better looking, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the, the health and wealth claim. No, that's not it at all. He says, you see, for one thing, if you become more faithful, if your faith increases, you'll want what he wants. See, your, your want-tos will change. You will want God to do what he can do, what he wants to do. See, he's ready to do all kinds of amazing things that would honor and glorify him. It would be best for you. He's not going to give you something that's not best for you doesn't mean you can claim that you're going to have this and heal that and all those kinds of things. But what it's saying is God just wants to do in you amazing things. Amazing things. To provide for your basic needs. Yes, to forgive you of sin. To keep you from going down those same sinful paths. Wouldn't you like to have less sin in your life in 2021? Wouldn't you like for your spouse to have less sin in their life in 2021? Oh, every wife said, amen. Praise God for that. It's only limited by your belief. It's only limited by your belief. And I love the man's response. He says, I believe, help my unbelief. For us, that seems like a, it's a contradiction. It's an oxymoron. What do you mean? If you believe, you believe. No, here's what he's saying. I had enough belief to show up, but I don't know if I have enough belief to believe you can do anything about it. I have a level of belief, but I just, I'm just not where I need to be. Who better to ask to increase his belief than Jesus Christ? 
Jesus, I, I need to experience more of you so I can believe more of you. That's what he's saying. I, I believe enough to know you're somebody awesome, but I need to experience more so my belief can grow. It's a prayer. He's praying, God, Jesus, would you help my unbelief? I recognize that. I, I want to I believe more. I, I want to get there. I'm just not there. Would you do that for me? Jesus' response is this. He says, I command this evil spirit to come out of you, come out of your son. Jesus acts in response to the man's request to increase his belief, to do just exactly that, to demonstrate his power over evil. You see, evil's no match for Jesus. See, if what your problem is or what your challenge is today is that you're dealing with something evil that continues to trip you up, something that is making your life miserable, something that is a miserable rodent crawling across the floor in the middle of the night, figuratively speaking, um, it's not a problem for Jesus if we believe. It's not a problem for Jesus if we believe. So he casts the demon out of the little boy. Everybody's happy. He walks away with the disciples, and they ask him the key question in verse 28. They say, um, Jesus, that was really cool. I mean, that was amazing. Really excited about what you just did there. That was amazing. A really exciting time. Everybody's excited. But we got to ask, why couldn't we do that? Why were we being thwarted by that evil spirit? We've cast out demons before, and they had. Jesus, why, why couldn't we do this? And Jesus says something that sounds like a Sunday school answer, but it's a really good answer. You all know what the Sunday school answers are, right? You know, the, you ask the kid in Sunday school what the answer is, and it's always Jesus, pray, faith, heaven, and devil, I think are the four or five questions, answers you get to use. But he's, he, says, he says this, he says, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Here's what Jesus is saying. There are levels of evil. There are levels of evil. You may have enough faith to deal with some relatively simple evil issues that are obvious for you that you can deal with. I can stay away from that. But chances are there's an elevated level of evil that you struggle with. It tends to dominate your mind, dominate your life, jumps up and knocks you down. And Jesus says, if you're going to deal with this level of demon, I mean, this level of demon was so strong that they thought the boy was dead when it was removed. And Jesus picked him up. He says, if you're going to deal with this kind of evil, your prayer life is woefully insufficient. Like, oh, wait a minute, how is that connected? You were talking about belief, and now you're talking about prayer. I don't understand. You see, prayer exhibits and builds faith. Your faith will never grow if your prayer life doesn't grow. It's that prayer that says, Jesus, I need for you to fix this. I need for you to deal with this thing that's, that's ravaging me, that's, that's destroying me. I need for you to deal with this evil that continues to trip me up. I can't do it on my Jesus. I need you to deal with it. And you need to, to increase your prayer life. And as you do, your faith will increase. Your belief will increase. It's not really going to happen on a 30-second prayer. Let me just be honest with you. It's not really going to happen 
If all you're really doing is occasionally saying, you know, God, I wish you'd fix that. I love this story. I think it's in Luke 18 of the woman who continually went to the evil judge and said, would you fix this? Would you solve this? Would you take care of my adversary? And the judge, though he feared not God or man, he, what does he do? He fixes it for her. Why? Because she continues to ask over and over and over and over again. And Jesus says, you know, if an evil judge would respond, how much more would your father who loves you respond? If you want your faith to grow, to be strong enough to deal with the evil that is ruining your life, that is your hardest thing to deal with, your prayer life is going to have to increase. It's going to have to get more, more time with him, more consistency with him. You say, well, Steve, I don't know. What does that mean? How much, how much is enough? I mean, I spend a couple of minutes every day. It's going to take a lot more than that. You'll never build a relationship with someone you only spend a couple of minutes a day with. You're going to have to take some real time. And I would encourage you, another way to increase your prayer life is to fast a meal a day or a week. One meal a week, fast. Do something that would remind you. Because when you fast, you're saying you deny yourself something every time you're hungry, remind you to pray. I need to pray about that. I need to spend some time before the Lord. I need to read his word. I need to, to pray over what I've read. I need to continue to bring my request before him for him to do what he wants to do in my life. And let me just give you a couple of key things to pray about. Um, pray Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 that says, Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, Looking to Jesus. That's that picture of prayer. I'm looking to you, Jesus, to remove these things that are slowing me down, that are tripping me up, that I constantly come up against. I want to run the race with endurance as I look to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. You could just pray that verse all week this week about the thing that bothers you most. I, I want to lay aside that weight, Jesus, and I need you to do it through me. I'm believing you for you to be able to do that. And you could also pray Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. We talked about this a few months ago. Pray for that spiritual strength, for the spirit to live inside of you. Paul says, I'm, I'm praying for you, verse 15, that from whom every family in heaven, the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to his riches the riches of His glory, that He may grant to you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Would that be a great year to have? That you're strengthened with His power in your inner being? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to know, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He wants to fill you way more than you even want to be filled. And that's where our faith needs to increase. Would you let him fill you so that you can defeat that evil that's driving you crazy? So that you can stay off of that road that leads to temptation? So that you can be filled with his spirit? 
so that He can meet your need, so that you can bring Him glory. Would that be a good 2021? Would that be something you would like to experience? I want to encourage you. Build your prayer life so that you can increase your faith. Spend the energy of the new year. That, that good feeling that you've got that it's only the third and you haven't messed up your diet too bad yet. Or you haven't, you're still excited that it's a new year. You haven't probably gone back to work or school yet. And you're like, I've got this energy of the new year. Use that energy, channel it to build a stronger faith through prayer rather than just wishing that your life will be better just because it's a new year. Will 2021 be the result of a wish or a prayer? I urge you, make it prayer. Use prayer as a way to build your faith so you can handle any evil, any challenges, any 2020 challenges that happen in 2021, any, any worse challenge, anything that happens, you can allow God to use you to defeat evil. As a, result, as a way of expressing that, we're going to take the Lord's Supper here in just a minute. And in doing so, you're saying, Jesus, I remember what you did for me. And I'm not just going to stop in the fact that I've received your salvation, that I've been, spiritually, I've been scripturally baptized through immersion, but I want to express that to you by taking these elements that symbolize your body and your blood. I'm all in, Jesus. I'm following you, even though I don't even know if this year is going to be any better than last year, but I'm trusting you, Jesus. I want to build my faith. And I want to remember what you did. So I want to lead us in a time of prayer. Then you'll be able to come and get your elements. Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.